You're listening to the Buckeye Huddle with Noah Aponte and Brandon Welday. Go, baby! Rock and roll, man. How's it going, guys? I'm Brandon. And this is Noah. And this is the The Buckeye Buckeye Huddle. Huddle. We want to thank you guys so much for joining us. Now let's get right into it. Sounds good. So, Noah, before we get into, you know, the good stuff this week, because as everybody knows what's going on, the Big Ten is back. Yes, sir. And we are so excited. Like, we've been waiting for so long. As you know, last episode, we talked about the offseason and how much, you know, we've come a long way. But it's, it's this week now. And we're super excited to get into it. Uh, but before we get into Ohio State, we got a couple news topics here. Uh, well, actually, really just one before we get into matchups here. So the big one I got three days ago, I got an article that says Penn State running back Journey Brown could possibly miss the season. So, Noah, what do you think – like, how, how do you think Penn State is going to be different if Journey Brown doesn't play? During the season? Right. Um, I mean, Devin Ford and Journey Brown both got touches in 2019. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as long as it's not a – now, what kind of injury is it, though? I didn't – well, he's not I injured. Think, I think he's really just missing the season to get ready for the um, well, for the draft. I don't agree with that, but I understand. Oh, sorry. You're right. Actually, no. It did say, it says, may miss the entire 2020 season due to an undisclosed medical, medical condition. condition. Right. All right. Well, let's say he doesn't miss the whole entire season. They still have Devin Ford to actually kind of give him a little bit of a boost. Mm-hmm. When him, it comes to being and, a running back, right? Him and Noah Kane, I believe, they are also playing too. Yes. So they they're stacked. I mean, there's they still have a good season. They they should still have a good season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Journey Brown missing him is going to take a toll on their running game, which also, as everybody knows, affects the play action. Without a running game, you don't have a play action. Without a play action, you don't have any passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Really, if you have a running back that you know is strong and you know is powerful, without him in the game, it'll be a lot easier to read the play action. Well, let's talk about like so same same. Di- I'm gonna talk about like a a little bit of a simile, I guess is what I'd say, or a metaphor. I don't know what it's exactly called, but an analogy. There you go, analogy. There you go. That's why I didn't go to college. <laughs> so if we're speaking of a strong running back for an offense that allows the play action and creates that play action to where the defense does jump when he takes a fake handoff. Think about that as like LeBron James. Okay. I mean, you have LeBron James on the floor. Everybody's on him. When he drives to the hole, going to score or attempting to score, everybody crashes into the boards. Right. To try and stop him from scoring. Because they expect him to. But he always he about seventy percent of the time he cry, he drives to the hole he kicks it back out, and mm-hmm. they know this. But they still crash the boards because he's such a dominant threat that they have to just in case he is going to go score. Yeah, which opens up for everything else, which allows the flow of the game to go a lot smoother for their team. Which is the same thing with the running back. I mean, if a running back touches the ball for the let's say for the first three carries of the. Of the uh, first drive of the season let's say journey brown touches the ball three times exploded each time for about 10 yards right mm-hmm. it's a second down situation after the first down after his fourth touch where he gets about two to three yards and they do a play action he's going to go in they run the they run the ball four times in a row exploding for three of the plays 
almost a five yard gain on the second on the last one. You go to fake hand that off, the defense is gonna bite. It's gonna make linebackers move out of position. Right. It's gonna make corners tense up a little bit more and kind of try to keep an eye out and see if it's an outside run or if it's a if it's a pitch or an option. So it opens it's, it's up the very field. yeah, it's very important because once you get that play action, man, you got that defense on their toes and it after that it's just about being steady with it. Right. And so like like I said, you know, they have Noah Kane and Devin Ford. Name. <laughs> yeah, that is funny that it's your middle that, name. Yeah. But uh Noah Kane and Devin Ford. They also have uh joining the mix this season are they have former high school backs who are both four star, uh Kaiseya Holmes and Kavon Lee. Um, I have not seen footage of these guys uh, because obviously I'm not a Penn State fan, so I'm not always active in their recruits. But um, if they're four star backs, that's got to have a big toll, and they they're gonna have a lot to prove. You know, with Journey Brown stepping down, they're gonna they're gonna go through and see what each running back's about. Um, I do think Devin Ford will see most of the action, like you said. Um, but again, like like with Journey Brown, that that's a big toll if he misses it. Um, it's not confirmed that he will, uh, but it's just that he could possibly miss the Speculated. season. Speculated. He may miss a couple games. I could see that, but you never know. Um, so yeah, definitely a big question mark for Penn State. So now uh, going into this week, we got quite a few matchups. Um, the first big one I want to talk about uh, is Michigan versus Minnesota. The Number team up north. The team up north. My apologies. I didn't mean to curse for you guys. Uh but number 18, team up north, versus a number 21, Minnesota. Um, not a lot of stats to go off of this year because it is the first game of the season. But we can look at last year's stats. Uh, Michigan last year, their defense was ranked 25th, with Minnesota's ranked at 37th. So if you know if they're keeping around the same weapons that they got, um, their defense might hold up quite a bit. However, you know, like last week we discussed Tanner Morgan and how explosive this offense very, could be. Very. I think that the defense of uh, Michigan isn't going to be as tough against them. Um, however, last year, the uh, ranking of the offense, Minnesota was ranked 22nd with um, Michigan ranked 44th. So it just kind of piles on to the argument mm-hmm. that Minnesota mm-hmm. will have a very, 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 very mm-hmm. tough defense to play. But I don't think that it's going to stop them that much. Um, Michigan this year, uh, they, they're starting with Joe Milton this week. Um, first season starting, but they, they've got quite a few. I think they have like four or five quarterbacks. So we'll see uh, how Joe Milton, he didn't get quite that many reps last year. Um, I think he had a couple snaps against Ohio State, but nothing too effective. And that's going to play a big role in this game. <clears throat> he doesn't have the experience. Um, obviously, he has the experience of getting a little bit of a sideline action coming in near the end of the fourth quarters when blowouts are happening or just some just some good quality reps to uh get him a little bit more seasoned for this moment that he has coming up but he doesn't have the starting jitters yeah i mean he's gonna come in there he's gonna see a first string minnesota team that is hungry because they haven't got to play games right they want to win as bad as michigan if not more and I can, you could switch that vice versa to either team. I mean, everybody wants to play right now in the Big Ten. Right. Yeah. But he's gonna have some struggle. He's gonna have. He's gonna struggle. He's gonna struggle, and that is probably gonna be Michigan's downfall in this, which mm-hmm. leads me into my prediction. Even though he's gonna struggle, 
I still feel like Michigan will come out with the win just because of their defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense. I mean, defense wins championships. You hear it all the time. I'm going with 24-21 Michigan. Uh, that team up north. I said Michigan. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, you said Joe Milton will make some mistakes. Um, I agree with that. I do think he will make some mistakes. However, I do think that the mistakes is going to cost their team this game. Um, with Minnesota's high-powered offense, I think they're going to score pretty big on them. Um, I know Minnesota got quite a few weapons um, in their recruiting, so I think Minnesota's defense is going to hold up strong. Um, I got Michigan losing this game 13-38 uh, to 38 in the hands of Minnesota. And, you know, Milton, I think he's going to throw quite a few picks, um, maybe even a pick six, but, you know, that's – that's stretching pretty far there, but I, I do think the mistakes are going to cost Michigan this week. Um, not a fan of Michigan, uh, but and neither is Noah, but he he chose them to win based on their skill and their defense, and so that that's can say a lot about you know being unbiased in a situation like this, especially with the team up north. So you gotta you gotta be unbiased in situations like this when they're playing another really tough team. Um, they play Ohio State and being biased. <laughs> yeah, as you, as you guys know, when we we're dropping, them, we're hanging a hundred. We are. We're gonna hang a hundred on them. Um, but I got Minnesota mm-hmm. winning this thirteen to thirty-eight. So why don't you walk us into our next Penn matchup? Penn State and Indiana. Oh yeah. So obviously we talked about the running back Journey Brown being questionable, but they do have more running backs in their depth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about them already. The two true freshmen that are coming in from high school. Right. Four star, I guess we should add. Too. Yeah, four star. So. I mean, Penn State's a good team. They're playing Indiana. At Indiana, yeah. But away games this year don't mean a lot to me. There's not going to be fans. No fans, right. I so guess it doesn't make a it's difference. It's just basically going to be what team wants it more, what team's going to strive to go out and win. Right. For me, it's easy. Penn State 35, Indiana 17, just because Penn State's just going to – I mean, their defense is great. Their offense should be great. Right. So – We'll see if they earn that number eight State. spot. Yeah, they should. They should earn it easily. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you there. I do think Penn State's gonna win this game. Um, their defense is gonna hold up, um, but I have a little bit more of a blowout. I got Penn State winning this 42 to 17. I think uh, Indiana is gonna throw quite a few picks um, because the Penn State defense that we saw last year was pretty strong uh, when we faced them, especially in the first half. You know, gave Justin Fields quite a bit of a a run for his money oh, in the yeah. first half, but in the second half, of course, we got it together. Um, but I got them winning at 42-17. Um, I think we're going to see quite a bit of a hayride with the running backs if they don't play. Um, but if they play, I think Journey Brown's going to blow it up. Um, depending on what his medical condition is, I don't think they've disclosed it we'll yet. We'll see. But, so. so going into our next segment, we've got... Um, this is probably my favorite segment right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. So last week, we gave you guys quite a few predictions on non-conference games and how they turned out and this week has been pretty interesting so um we're gonna ta- start out here with Pitt versus Miami um this was my prediction for the for my third favorite I had Miami winning it 49 to 20 um the game ended up being 19 to th- uh, 31 to 19 so going into how that game actually performed um let's see here if we can pull that back up they, they they performed as expected. They didn't do as good as I liked them to, but um, – sorry, I clicked the wrong thing here. But they definitely performed. Um, 277 yards, 
by their total offense there for the Hurricanes. They did very good. Um, quite a bit of a struggle up until halftime. They, you know, I think Pitt held them pretty well. You know, six fourteen heading into halftime. That's that's something that you want in a team that's at now three and three. So let's talk about that. The Pitt's quarterback. We heard all year long so far that he is a NFL style quarterback. He's ready for the NFL. He had one touchdown. Yeah, um, that's not a. That's not a the NFL caliber. No, no, not at all. And I was expecting him to have a good, a big game. Especially from what Miami coming off a loss, right? Didn't they come off a loss from Clemson the week before? Correct. So I mean, you've seen from Clemson their gaps. Even though Clemson's a very good team, you've seen the holes in the defense for the Hurricanes. You've seen who you needed to attack, what you needed to attack, and what you needed to do to attack. And you still only had one touchdown passing. Derek King too. I mean, wasn't perfect. You know, he threw two interceptions, but you know. Through to over 200 yards passing. That's pretty good. Not as accurate, you know, throwing for only 16 of his 31 passes, but um, performed good up until the end. You know, I had quite a few rushes, but, you know, looking at the highlights, he utilized his tight ends very well. Um, I think they, I think one of them got, like, a touchdown, I think. So that it's it's very good when you utilize the tight ends as a safety route because that's just showing what a smart quarterback you can be. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, like a release valve, a pressure release valve. You know when yeah. – uh, and not forcing it into places. I think he might have learned from that um, coming off of uh, his loss against uh, Clemson. So that's very smart of Derek King. Uh, still able to get him with the win. Not as a big win as I thought it would, but um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into let's get into your matchup here. Who did you choose for your third again? I had Louisville and Notre Dame. Uh, what a game! Well, I, I guess cho- what a snooze I, fest. I, I snooze fest. It was. <laughs> But I chose Notre Dame winning 24 to 21. I felt like it was going to be a close game. Right. And it was. It was 12 to 7. Yeah. So, I mean, it was close, but I mean, what? Triple? They just scored two more touchdowns and, what, 12 more points for Notre Dame? And it would have been my actual score. So, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad, bad yeah. numbers. Not terrible. But we should have for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a defensive game, all game, or because they they held up each team. It was you know, slow. I wasn't expecting a number four Notre Dame to be held up that much by a one and three. When now one and four Louisville team. So yeah, let's like I what Ian Book. Right, not no barely breaking a hundred yards. Barely, barely breaking. Eleven it. for nineteen, no touchdowns as a QB. Mm-hmm. Then you have what all the way up until the, the end of the, the, end, yeah. the end of the third quarter. Louisville was holding them up. And even in the fourth quarter, it was a close game because it was 12-7, to 7, but it was a defensive game, man. Like, yeah, and, and that's exactly what I knew it would be, too. I mean, I felt like Notre Dame, they're a little bit overrated, I feel like. So right. Louisville always plays hard. Always plays hard. I promise you they do. Let's look at their – I mean, look, they've had almost all close games. Yeah, losing the 35-21 win versus WKU, a 47-34 loss to Miami, 23-20 loss to Pitt, 46-27 loss to Georgia Tech, and a 12-7 loss to Notre Dame. So, I mean, they've been close all year round. I just feel like they're in a a spot where they haven't figured out their identity yet as to who they truly are. They just need to get the kinks worked out, and they'll be a good team. Yeah, and... um... I definitely think going on later in the season, they're going to learn. I think they're going to get a lot more wins under their belt. 
I'm not saying they're going to win every game for the rest of the season, but they'll definitely build on that because the, the fact that they had such a close game with the number four Notre Dame says a lot about a team. Um, so going into the next game we had predicted, we both had this as our um, second uh, favorite, and you actually won this one. Um, it was Boston College versus Virginia Tech. I had the game 34-14, and uh, the game ended up being 14-40, to a complete opposite of what I had predicted. Uh, Noah, what did you have? And I had, why don't you explain them how I had 21-35, going, the win going to what? Virginia Tech. Right. And the reason I had that is because Virginia Tech's always played hard. Boston mm-hmm. College, I didn't know much about. I mean, I knew Virginia Tech, like I said, they always play hard. They have a really good receiving core. The running back's decent. They have a nice tight end out there. Head coach isn't bad. Same head coach that beat Ohio State mm-hmm. a couple years ago, so he knows how to win in big games. This isn't even a big game for them. Right. And Ano is at home. Utilizing their, your, you know, you said their running backs perform pretty well. I, th- I would say they perform very well against Boston College. You know, um, Hooker getting three touchdowns over 150 yards. That's that's pretty impressive, and that's exactly what you want out of a running back, somebody who can put up numbers. Um, I definitely think they probably utilized him more than their receivers. Uh, but hey, I mean, if that gets you your win, like yeah. he, the way he breaks through the holes, you know, he's a very one cut running back, run across the field in two seconds, and so. That's what you want uh, in a running back. And they ran away with this one pretty early. Um, well, sorry, I guess I should have ran away with this one pretty late. Because going into uh, halftime, it was a close game, you know, 17-7. to 7. Um, But they, de- yeah, like I said, they definitely ran away with it later on in the game. I do agree. <clears throat> now, this one, everybody's favorite matchup. God, we were so wrong. We were so wrong. Um a big game happened last week, Georgia versus Alabama. And, I mean, I thought for sure Georgia was going to beat Alabama with right. Saban gone. But Saban That's what we said, that they there. ended up coaching, which I think was a big turning point in that game. Mm-hmm. But I had 35-14 going to Georgia. I only had Alabama scoring two touchdowns with their defense allowing 35 points. Right. And I had 49-24. It, we were completely wrong. Uh, game ended up, like you said, 24 to 41 going into Alabama. Um, so let's get into that one here. So definitely a lot of mistakes made by Georgia's young quarterback. Um, you know, he only started, I think, two games out of the season this year and two touchdowns and three interceptions. That's definitely a lot more of a slinger mentality. And, you know, when you're a young quarterback, that's not what you want. Um, you want to show and be smart with your with your team here. Um, he did throw for over 250 yards, but definitely Mac Jones, uh, the Georgia quarterback, uh, threw for 269 yards. But, you know, with Mac Jones, definitely trumping that. Oh, um, God. So get into Mac Jones it. here. Tell, tell us how you Matt, dude, Jones, I watched a little bit of the game when it got close, when it was close. Going into, going into halftime. halftime. Yeah. And... Jones looked good. I mean, 417 yards for four touchdowns to one interception. Mm-hmm. He knew how to take care of the ball. He knew exactly what plays were being called. He didn't stutter. I don't think they had a miscommunication when it came to running back and quarterback, which usually you see with a lot of new quarterbacks. And right. I, I can't. I couldn't. If I'm Nick Saban, I, I would be very happy with what Jones did, considering it's a number three versus number two, almost like a playoff scenario yeah and wiping the floor with them yeah and he, he performed very well 
Yeah, especially into the second half, you know, definitely locking down that, you know, locking down that defense and holding Georgia to 24 points and shutting them out. So very good, very, very impressive performance by Alabama. Definitely deserving of why they are the number two team in the country. So other than um, other than the games that we have predicted, there were quite a few upsets last week. It was, and one of those being North Carolina. Versus uh, Florida State, a number five North Carolina, we should add. And I think last week we were talking about if we had some upsets, that that would definitely change uh, yeah. our stats. And I think I even said that. I don't know how North Carolina is in the top ten. Right. And, and you, they're not anymore. Because <laughs> you said we would wipe the floor with them, and yep. I'm sure everybody would say that. So, um, going into that game. Yeah, let's go into that game here. You know, close one. Unranked FSU. Right, close one, though. I'll give them that. It was a close one. They held up a fight, but. Shouldn't be even close with the unranked team, though. Yeah, I mean, like, their offense definitely stepped it up in the second half, but it was not enough, and they let it get the best of them here. Um, So let's get into the stats here. Uh, The quarterback throwing three touchdowns, one interception for 374 yards. Pretty accurate, but, um, you know, when your defense can't hold a team in the first half, that puts a lot of weight on your soldier. Uh, Defense wins championships. Yep. I said and it earlier. So I kind of do feel bad for their quarterback. He performed very well. Um, but you, you, when you have a defense that can't hold them, that's that's terrible. And so um, luckily just, they, they got it together in the second half. But, yeah, like I said, can't, can't do that. So. Not at all. And FSU played a decent game. I mean, right. I feel like, to me, UNC beat themselves. They yeah. led in total yards. They led in time of possession. They led in first downs by more than 10. Yeah, tw- uh, 25 I'm, or what, yeah. something like that. Yep. And they shouldn't have lost this game. No team that's ranked should lose a game to an unranked team, especially one that's 2-3. and three. Mm-hmm. But you have Howell, who throws an interception. I believe it was near the end of the game, too. I believe he threw this interception when it mm, – five – Five, six minutes left in the fourth? Let's see. Pull it up right here. Oh, no. He threw that in the uh, first quarter. Here. Okay. Well, then there but you it go. was a pick six. That's, that, and that's exactly why. That, I mean, you have to have a quarterback take care of the ball. Mm-hmm. That pick six, the, let's say he doesn't throw that pick six. He decides to throw it elsewhere or recognizes the coverage and doesn't throw that ball. They win. Right. And because um, that, that pick six ultimately could, you could arguably say that that cost them the game. Exactly. Um. But, you know, when you let a team get, you know, how many yards on them, they got over 430 yards on them. That's not a number five. That's not a number five team. No. And that's definitely very disappointing when you're looking at that. So let's talk um, Auburn. Auburn. Auburn and South Carolina. That was a thriller. That was definitely a real, a real thriller there. Uh, South Carolina, you know, locking it down, you know, second in second quarter going into the, uh, going into the second half here. Final score, 30 to 22. Setting number 15, Auburn. Amazing performance by South Carolina. I think, I think we just talked about Auburn, too, in the last podcast about, uh, who was it? Who, somebody who Auburn played. Um, and I can pull that up, but yeah, go ahead and talk about that, though. See, That's they, who it was. We talked about Georgia Right, they got blown out. Yeah, we wanted to talk about that. And also, we talked about Kentucky mm-hmm. playing Auburn, beating Auburn. So, that hurts Kentucky. Having Auburn lose, and that really hurts Georgia. Having Auburn lose. Yeah, yeah. So, 
that that hurts that hurts anybody they play that's in the top ten or at least in the top twenty five. Right. Because that shows your strength of schedule. Your strength of schedule changes throughout the whole season, depending on what those teams finish as. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with shooting themselves in the foot, you said it. Auburn definitely shot themselves in the foot this very. morning. A very disciplined South Carolina team, i got to say. Um, but those three turnovers, that's that's not going to help you at all. Um, so, look, at, I mean, I can look into the play-by-play here. You know, going into it here, it was you know interception, uh, two inter- I think two interceptions in the first half. Yep. Oh, sorry. First quarter. First quarter. Um, and then you know the another, another one. Another interception in before the second the, quarter. Right. So when you shoot yourself in the foot early, you're doing yourself no good in the second half. You know, you feel like you're just playing you're playing catch up, and nobody wants to play catch up because it's a terrible feeling, but it ultimately cost them the game because they had to do it. And so you know, props to South Carolina. Excellent job. Hopefully you guys get ranked this week or next week. But, you know, very disappointing performance by Auburn. So, I agree. Auburn should have definitely won that game as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot. But let's talk about UK. Yeah, blowing out number Tennessee. 18, Tennessee. Um, let's talk about that one. Go ahead and get into that one here. Well, like I said last week, Kentucky. Losing to Auburn, that was, what, a top 10 ranked team at the time. Mm-hmm. It was good for them because it still put them in the top 10 because it was a close game. And then they come out and they beat a what? Two. An 18th ranked Tennessee. Yeah, two pick sixes. They didn't, so, even, they didn't beat them. Right. That defense was dominant. They in that blew game. them out. Yeah, 34 to 7. You know, the, Tennessee's defense, colli- our offense collapsed that game. You know, first, Very. both in the second oh, quarter with four turnovers for Tennessee absolutely killed them. Right. You know, two of those ended up being touchdowns. It's, you know, very disappointing. I mean, the offense, like I said, the offense didn't even do anything that crazy. I mean, their quarterback threw barely over 100 yards, 101 yards, you know, only threw 15 times and only has one touchdown. So their offense wasn't even the impressive part. It was the fact that the defense. Kentucky's defense was crazy in that game. So um, Tennessee's quarterback had 88 yards, 14 for 21 with two interceptions. That is horrible. Yeah. I mean, as a quarterback in college football, you're playing an unranked, at the time, one and two, Kentucky. They should have blew him out the water. Personally, mm-hmm. especially if you're there's right. nothing that holds you back. I mean, I understand close games with small teams or teams that aren't top 25 ranked. It's going to happen eventually. Everybody has it. But you got to wake up. I mean... Mm-hmm. As a quarterback, if you're doing really bad, your team's not going to win. You're the leader of the team. You have to do what you have to do to get everybody on your back or at least put your team on your back and continue to drive down the field, get a score, and at least get some momentum back. And that did not happen with four turnovers. What are the two of them coming from a quarterback? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was two or two pick sixes. So Yeah, it hurts them bad. Right. So this one, it wasn't an upset, but... Definitely a very, very disappointing performance yeah. by a Georgia Tech team. And I'm going to talk about the scariest team right now. So what team is that? <laughs> That's old Clemson. Yeah. I, I do not want to play Clemson right now. I mean, yeah, we expected them to beat Georgia Tech. They but... didn't beat Georgia Tech. Yeah, they <laughs> there's not a word we can't you we can't use those type of words while recording this podcast <laughs> but you gotta give them some props 
They made Trevor Lawrence throw his first pick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and they scored on the number one ranked team in the country. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's something <laughs> they could do. But, you know, with the team as talented as Clemson, they put up damn near 700 yards on them. And so... That's not even funny to watch. Like, right, oh. yeah. I, I know I saw footages of fans in the stadium. Yeah, laying down. Just laying down in the stands. It's, it's a whole mood, but, you know... Their only points coming in this first quarter, they shut them down quick. Yeah, done for. But, yeah, <laughs> actually, it was less than a minute that they scored again here. You know, they scored 632, and then at 614, they score again. So, or Clemson scores to answer, and it was just completely over for them from there. Um, they put in four of their quarterbacks. I know, that's, all, that, that's, that is insane. <laughs> yeah, all four of their quarterbacks got to play. Um, let's see here. Let's see how some of them did. Um Let's see. The best, the best one was second string, uh, Hunter Helms, um, threw for seventy four yards, pretty accurate here. Threw for two touchdowns. Um, it's a very, very impressive performance by Hunter. Um, but however, I'm gonna have a hard time trying to Will pronounce Spears. his name. Yeah, Will Spears did pretty two good. Two for three, two fifteen yards. He didn't get to play as much, but they tried with Tyson Famachan. I think I did that pretty well. I think so as well. Yeah. Um, not as good, so I don't think they're going to look to him to play as much, but, you know, with Tyson Famachan, <laughs> definitely an exotic name. Um, you know, like I they're going to look to Hunter Helms in the future. I'm scared of this team. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared of this team. We're going to see how well they do. Cause... I'm scared now until Ohio State, I can see Ohio State play and get used to everything. Yeah. Um, I think Georgia Tech plays, uh, they play another big team coming up. So we'll see how, just how quite good. Miami soon. I think. Three weeks. Three weeks out, they'll play Miami. Right, yeah. So, um, yeah, Clemson, they look, they look very good. Um, they look scary. So we'll, we'll see how well they do. They don't really have that much of a contest this week going up against Syracuse. So we'll see how well that happens. So now the moment everybody's been waiting for. We're going to come back into the Big Ten here and talk about the top matchup of the week here that we're all excited for if you're if you're a Buckeye fan. Um, Ohio State versus Nebraska. So a little bit of news going into it. Uh, Adrian Martinez, he's a little bit of a runner here. They're naming him a starter versus Ohio State. I know we got to play last week. Um, and they got a freshman quarterback, Luke McCaffrey, who may get in some reps as well. So we'll see how well they do. They might run a due quarterback system, but it just depends. That'd be tricky. So let's get into Ohio State news. Tell us about Ohio State. Ohio State is now number five. Yeah, I know we talked about them, how On disappointing the they poll. were being number six. But, yeah, they're, they bumped them up, I guess. that's I guess that's good. Yeah, we're one step closer to being in the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Crowley. Yeah, we have quite a few players missing this game. We do. Um, what is it, 12? It said around 12, but I know some of them are unclear. Some of them okay. are game-time decisions. Um, but, yeah, most notably, we got you know we got running backs Marcus Crowley and Mayan Williams. We got uh, Crowley recovering from his ACL um, injury last, last year. Last year yes, sir. And then Mayan Williams, we're not quite clear of why he's not playing. Um, but I think freshman Mayan Williams I should say but we we'll see I guess uh, what what happened to him but I think Justin Hilliard Hilliard mm-hmm. hurts us yeah a little bit no he's a, a game time decision though so we'll see but yeah Justin Hilliard um he had quite a few reps in last year and he he definitely performed so yeah. not having him as a as a you know a sixth year senior as a, as a leader 
not even having to be on the field, just on the sideline as a leader, it still hurts if he's not on the field. Right. Um, no. With somebody's oldest him especially. Oh, you know? for sure. They have a lot of game time reps. So, yeah. Um, I know Haskell Garrett was another questionable one. They don't know if that one was – because I know he's uh, one of our starting defensive tackles. So, we'll uh, we'll see how, how well this happens. But going at, let's go on into the depth chart here. Let's see how each one of our players will perform. Why don't you go first here? So, these are the starting yeah, wide receivers that have been named? Yeah. Go ahead. Let's see what we got. Well, I'm excited about one of these names. Go ahead. Name, well, name two. Two. First one, obviously, Garrett Wilson. He's a sophomore. His catch against Clemson last year for the last and his last game of the season was absolutely crazy. Jumping like yes. 90 feet in the air to catch that ball and still catching it inbounds. That was wild. Yeah. Who I'm most excited to see is Julian Fleming. Oh, yeah. Our boy Julian. Our new true oh, freshman here. 6'5", 220, 4'4", mm-hmm. running, 40 freaking inch vertical. Yeah. Sit. 600 and something yards through half of his high school season. I mean, that's half. The other half he didn't play. Right. You know, definitely, you know, we're definitely loaded on very talented wide receivers. And, you know, Julian Fleming is somebody I think is going to fit in very well. Um, 6'5", 6'6", wide receiver. That is hard to stop. Especially with a 40-inch vertical. And I think cornerbacks will be scared. And we're going up against a very... um, young nebraska team so you know with somebody who's very the very young team going up against such large players that we've got that's going to be a challenge for them co2 and co2 chris olave again like we said we change he changed his name or number to his name his name too now yeah he's not chris olave no more um but yeah he changed his number to number two because of course what happens when you inhale too much co2 so um yeah you're not gonna be able awake for much longer that's right so we'll see how well this happens i'm definitely predicting that we go in here and we score in all like very soon like i think maybe a three-play drive oh yeah um i'd even you know i wouldn't even be surprised if we score on uh the kickoff so we'll see how well they do here um um next up here let's talk about how well we think some of our linemen are gonna do here you think you think we're gonna get any sacks for nebraska oh yeah Oh, yeah. You think they're going to sack uh, Justin Fields? Oh, yeah. It'll happen. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, think about it. We got no Justin Fields who's healthy, though. No matter how good a team is, they're going to rush the quarterback. Yeah. It's going to happen. He's he, he might not get sacked, but there's going to be something that happens that pushes Justin out the pocket and rushes him a little bit. He might even get sacked, trip on his own feet. That will count yeah. as a sack. I guess you're right. So, yeah, I it'll happen. I mean, it's bound. It's Inevitable, like Thanos said. So it's gonna happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. Is the band playing? Do you know if the band's playing? I don't know if the band's playing. Actually, oh. should have more research. Unprepared. Yeah, we were a little unprepared this week, so it's not gonna be as long as an episode. But we're gonna see if we can at least push forty-five. So going into our line here, um, you know, Jonathan Cooper starting. Haskell Garrett may or may not play, like we said. So if he doesn't, um, we'll see if you know. Uh, Antoine Jackson or Teron Vincent's going to step up, but uh, Teron Vincent, I think, was questionable as well. But um, Jonathan Cooper and <clears throat> Zach Harrison. Oh, you think they'll probably be... Those are the two, those are the two, two stars this year. On the line? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely... We definitely have a very, very powerful uh, recruiting class and training, uh, training trainers, so 
I think it, I think Zach Harrison and Jonathan Cooper are going to be absolute monsters this year. Um, you know, on top of how explosive our linebackers are, but because with Baron Browning, Tough Borland, Pete Warner, we're, they're they're fast. They're all super fast. Tough Borland may not be as much so, but you know, they've had quite a long off season, and they'll. Well, I'm so excited to see how much they've improved. Yeah. Each player individually. They all look big. <clears throat> too, like the, I think, especially our offensive line, they're all over 300 pounds. So, um, so yeah, going into that, we'll we'll have a very explosive core on oh, the linebackers. Josh so. Proctor. Yeah. I'm excited to see how he plays because mm-hmm. he did get burnt a lot versus Clemson in the uh, what was it the Sugar Bowl? Semi cha- semi national championship. I don't Same know. thing. Yeah. I mean, but he got burnt a lot when uh when we played them. So we're gonna uh we'll see a lot more reps out of them. Um, do you think Marcus Hooker, Marcus Hooker, Marcus Hooker, my apologies, do you think we'll see a little more reps out of him? Mm. Depending on how Josh Proctor plays. Yeah. I think that, I mean, because we have so much depth with this team they that, like to. you said last week, we have so much, like, depth that we can reload and we're still fine. You know, our second string... Yeah, our second string could beat almost any division, like can defeat an entire division two conference. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely excited to see them play. Um, so let's let's not leave Nebraska out of it because you might have some Nebraska listeners here. Um, going in here, we got quite a young, other than with the exception of Cade Warner, we got quite a young receiving core uh, out of Chris Hickman, uh, Wendell Robinson. Um, we got Jamie Nance coming in here, Xavier Betts. You know, definitely a very young core. Uh, so we'll see how they play. Um, again, like I said, with Adrian Martinez performing this week with Luke McCaffrey maybe playing, um, I think we're going to see a lot more running out of Adrian Martinez because with our coverage, I don't think he's going to be able to pass that much against us. He shouldn't He shouldn't be able to pass very much. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be, with, and especially with Cooper, there's going to be BIA. so much pressure on him. BIA? Yeah. Best in America. Best in America. I like That's that. That's Ohio State saying right now. That's their defensive back saying instead of it being dbu which is clemson calls themselves which is defensive back university oh yeah it's bia best in america that was ohio state's little shot back at them to kind of put them in their place yeah <laughs> yeah but um i'm definitely expecting them to swap them in and out because i don't think adrian martinez is gonna be able to stand up to this offense for no, all four he's quarters. gonna take a tumbling right um but we do have you know a redshirt senior Dedrick Mills, my apologies. Um, you know, very, very experienced guy. He's gonna be as, as gonna be like, a, I guess, a training figure for Ramir Johnson, who is the redshirt freshman coming in this year. Uh, I'm excited to see him play, but I don't know if he's gonna do too well against us. I mean, yeah, this first game. If you're a Nebraska fan, don't take any of this as your skill level of your team. Yeah, because you're kinda, facing. Just a very, know very what you're powerful. facing. You're yeah. facing a three-headed monster. It's not going to be pretty, which gets us right in to our live score prediction. Yeah. So going into this game, I've got I've got Ohio State winning fifty six to twelve. Uh, fifty six. Fifty six to fourteen. I'll give them I'll give them fourteen points. But I think our offense explodes on them. I don't think our defense lets up at all. So even with our second string, I think their fourteen points are going to even come in at the second half. But 56-14 is my final score prediction. Um, I'll even put it in the notes here. So when we talk about it next week, um, we'll have something to go here. So 
But yeah, 56-14, Justin Fields, nope. He's going to play just as perfect as he did last year. I don't know if uh, he probably, I don't know if he's going to be as lucky with not throwing any interceptions, but. Yeah, I mean, that's something that you're always going to have every season. I mean, so. he almost didn't have it last season, but. Right. I mean, the only, I think we only, he only threw a pick against Michigan State. And. So, and Cle- well, Clemson, but regular season wise, he only threw it against, you know, Michigan State. Yeah. So. I'm going to go with a 49 to the classic 10. 49 to 10? 49-10, and 10's pushing it. Really? Okay. I mean, I agree. I mean, you, you never know. I, that... I don't want to highball the score and Ohio State not put up much numbers, but they know where they stand as of right now. Yeah. And you know what? college football committee, they need to run up scores every single game this season. Yeah. I'm going to actually go off of that. I think you're right. I don't know if they get into the end zone twice. I think that's pushing it. But a field goal may not be out of, out of you know, talk. They might get in there once. But, yeah, 56-10 is my, actually, is what I'm going to go with. Um, so yeah, I mean, how do you think Justin Fields is going to perform? This is how I think the first drive is going to go. I think I told you today at work. <laughs> What's that? You're going to have a five play drive ending in a 70 plus, 70 plus yards, five play drives, a five play drive ending in a Chris Olave touchdown. Okay. Pass from Justin Fields. Yeah. And the, five, the first three plays are going to be enough for two first downs, and the third one's going to be about a five-yard gain from either Trey Sermon or Master Teague, mm-hmm. and then they're going to go deep ball. Yeah. I do think, however, with um, JoJo, uh, JoJo DeMann, you know, he's a redshirt senior coming into this year. He might, and, and so is uh, Ben Still, the defensive end. They're going to, I think, be the only threats that we've got against Nebraska's defense. We have a young defense. line, too. And we, yeah, we do have a young line, but I don't know. They're pretty big, but they're probably going to be the only threats we need to look out for, um, you know, with Ben Still and Demand. So let's keep keep an eye out for them. They're the they're the seniors. They're the ones that are the most experienced. So going into this game, if we can shut them down, um, I don't see us having had any trouble moving the ball down the Agreed. field. Um, make, I, I think I'm expecting short drives out of Ohio State. I'm not expecting any. Anything more than eight plays. So I'm expecting that Ohio State, now, as long as Trey Sermon and Master Teague can run the ball, if they can get three to four yards per carry, or even bust, bust out a big one, if we can run the ball, it's over. If we run mm-hmm. the ball on any team, it's over. It'll be over every single time if we run the ball. As you've seen with the Clemson and Ohio State game last year, before J.K. Dobbins sprained his ankle, I mean, he was busting out 60, 70-yard runs every other drive yeah i mean seriously he was every single time and it was great to watch him run all over clemson until he hurt yeah i mean I, even up until week eight he was like a top top like five heisman finalist yeah and so yeah like you said like dobbins was explosive and i think when we played we played nebraska i think last year but we destroyed them and uh-huh. but like if you if master t and trey sermon performs at a high level I'm not expecting a Dobbins performance by any means, but as you know, Dobbins, the year before last, he wasn't even that explosive, really. He had an amazing freshman season, breaking um, who did he break? I don't know. What, I don't know what record yeah. he broke. He broke, he broke, he broke record. somebody's record um, in total yards, but his sophomore season, he, he split that with uh, Weber, and I don't think that that worked to his advantage that well because Weber was a senior going into that year, so they wanted to give him more reps, but. Still, he didn't perform at a level as he did last year. 
And um, the, I, you never know going into this year with Master Teague, you know, especially his experience with us. With Master Teague, if he, he may surprise you. He didn't do that well last year, uh, being in the shadow of J.K. Dobbins, but he might have that Dobbins effect. Being the shadow behind him may have influenced him to do better this year. So you never know. So we'll see how he does. I'm performs. excited to see how he performs as well. So I hope his speed's a little faster, though. He's mm-hmm. not fast enough for the breakaway speed. No. Yeah, then that's that, the thing that he has to That Zeke had. Zeke had the breakaway speed and a little bit of shiftiness. Dobbins had the shiftiness, but not enough breakaway speed. He had a little bit of it, but not enough. Yeah. Teague has the strength. He's going to run through you. Yeah, but he doesn't you have can... the breakaway speed yeah, to get he's out. He's who you can count on to like get your first down, first down situation. That's why I think Trey Sermon comes into play when he comes on to the outside, the options, and the little Screens. screen passes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, that's... Uh... That's about wrapping it up here for us this on this second episode. Yeah, we gotta um, go make dinner now. Yeah, we I'm were starving. a little we were a little late getting into it. This that was my fault. I wasn't as prepared, but I was playing Call of Duty too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll uh we'll definitely be a little bit more prepared going in. We'll have it up, see if we can have it up by Wednesday or Thursday next week. But um talk about next week. What who are we playing next week? Next week? Next week. The pennies. The pennies. Penny Stadies. Miss Mr. Nittany Lions. <laughs> yeah, we play Penn State next week. Um I'm excited to cover that to, to give you guys our prediction on that game. Ninety two to three. Ninety two to three. Let's I wanna thank you guys so much for joining us. Um it's been very fun trying to go on into our second week here. Uh we're excited to talk about next week because we're playing Penn State. Um so we'll see how we do on this performance at Nebraska, it'll definitely influence on how we think they're going to go against Penn State because this is, this is the only week we have to kind of show for to see how we're going to do. And we don't have a whole season because we're used to playing Penn State later in the season. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting. So Depending um, on how Penn State does. Yeah, because uh, Penn State plays Indiana. so It's not going to be a really good test to right. see how they are. Not, neither of us are being tested. So Yeah, we're going to be tested next week. Or yeah. at least they will. We both will. So It's going to be fun. Yeah, so we're excited to cover that for you guys. We'll get into next week. Um, we're going to cover how Penn State performed. Um, obviously, we gave our score predictions on it. But, yeah, we want to thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping on the Buckeye Huddle. See ya.